Hello and greetings to each of you this day. I am your host of the Being Love in Action podcast, Reverend Casey Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Listen, I am a grace girl, a daughter of the King of Kings and a disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to walk with me today as I share a word of encouragement. So grab your coffee or have a sip of tea with me while being encouraged, empowered, and even challenged as we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life applications of what it truly means to be love in action. Hello and greetings to each of you. I greet each of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is always a pleasure and an honor to meet with all of you every week. Amen. And it's exciting to just get an opportunity to share with you. Amen. I know that we can't see each other uh, visually, but but truly I can feel the spirits of each of you. Amen. And I'm just grateful today. If if I just want to just be honest, I am so grateful um, in, in retrospect of everything that is happening in the world. I'm grateful. Amen. And I pray that each of you are grateful as well in spite of, and I pray that today on this Friday that you are blessed to hear it is Friday um, evening. Um, normally I'm getting the podcast out in the morning, but there were some things today. So it's a different time. So it's okay. Hey, amen. And, um, I know it's Friday evening here where I am, but it may be already Saturday where you are. So listen, I pray that whatever day it is, um, where you are, because I know that we have listeners that are all over the world. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And I pray that on today you are blessed. Amen. We're going to get into the word today. God has really been just placing some things on my heart as he always does. And, you know, um, sometimes he gives me so much that I have to really decipher and really pray and say, OK, God, what is for the podcast? Right. Because, of course, he gives me things for myself and then it may be for something else that I may be doing. And um, so, you know, there's always something uh, that God is speaking in the atmosphere. And, um, you know, I have been able this this for the last it'll be 25 days. I think I have been doing an awesome um, part of an awesome study group, a group of people. We have been studying Dr. Cindy Trim's um, book, The 40 Day Soul Fast living an authentic life, uh, the journey of living authentically you. Amen. And if you don't have that book, pick it up. You know, you can order it on Amazon. I promise you it will bless you. Amen. And I want to give a shout out to uh, the the wonderful and so anointed and just so humbly gracious woman of God, Apostle Patricia Henry Madison, who has who has been actually um facilitating and moderating this particular um, study group that we're doing. I just want to say this book has really been blessing me and it is pouring into some of the things that I am, you know, dealing with in my prayer time in my meditation time with God. And one of the things that we're talking about is remember, we're talking about um, being, becoming a more authentic you in each 
chapter each day. It is 40 days and we do it Monday through Friday and then Saturdays and Sundays we come, we take a break and then we come back on Monday. And so um, one of the things, it always starts with a focus word and then it talks about in each chapter, a characteristic word. And one of the words we were talking about the other day, we were talking about who am I? Who are you? Who are you? Right. And, and from the perspective of as believers, we are know that we are all children of God. Amen. And we are who God says we are. And so getting to that was really kind of pulling out some of the negative connotations that we have been given, whether we experienced or said, you know, in our childhood, you know, from family members, from co-workers. I mean, all of the negative things and really tuning that out and, and replacing that with the things that God word says. Amen. You know, I'm a word girl. Um, yes, I am. I'm a word girl. And what I mean by that is I always go back to the word of God and you never can fail if you go back to what God word is saying. And if you don't understand it, you know, the Bible tells you ask for understanding and knowledge. But everybody's not a teacher or, or to that extent, or maybe you want to get a little bit more understanding. Now you can study. There's all kind of commentaries in, you know, and if you have you sh hopefully you have a pastor you know, a teacher, uh, you know, someone that you're connected to when you are wrestling with texts and scriptures that you can go to them um, as body, as believers. We should be able to do that with our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, you should be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I'm going over this scripture. Here's what I'm thinking. What are you what is God saying to you? You know what I'm saying? So I want us to always understand that I'm a word girl. And what I mean by that is I'm always going to go back to the word word of God because I'm always reminding myself that is what keeps me not only accountable, but it keeps me inspired. It keeps me encouraged. It keeps me strengthened the word of God when myself, when I'm dealing with fear or I'm dealing with, you know, issues that I may have in my own life. I always go back to the word because that's where I find my foundation. And the word of God reminds us um, in Psalms 138 and two, God honors his word above his name. In other words, you know, um, whatever he says, his word is going to be fulfilled. Now, we always remember now this is the teacher in me, that part of me. You know, some of the context of the Bible refers to certain times and certain covenants and all those things. But generally, generally everything, especially in the New Testament. Right. Not that the old doesn't, but just so I won't confuse some people, because I know I have some theologians that's on here as well. And so, you know, I always like to make sure that I'm giving enough information. So if you're listening and you don't know everything, nobody knows everything, by the way, if you know some things, but you're not sure, and you may be listening to my podcast and you may be, you know, um, a theologian, you've studied at the seminary or whatever, you know, you have done. And so I want to make sure that I'm always giving everyone enough information to understand right where you are. Amen. And so if you look at John in the beginning of the book of John, he says in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the words was with God. So again, the word of God, even before it was, it was written down, right? It was, it was, it was breathed into the hearts of mankind. Amen. Through what God said. Amen. So I just want us to remember that the word of God will always stand. So whenever there's doubt, whenever there's, um, you know, not understanding, go to the word. So here 
again, we were talking about who are we, right? And so it brought me to our topic for today. Our topic for today is because one of the things when we think about who we are, you know, who are we, you know, just the raw who we are, not our titles, not any of those things, who we are goes back to the simplistic foundation of who we are in reference to who we are and who we were created to be in the very image of God. Amen. And so if we get back to that, then we can be able to understand some of the behavior we see in many of those who profess to be believers. Amen. So this is where I, I, I can be very transparent that God is really pulling on me to really begin to deal with that. You know, this this podcast, which is um, Being Love in Action podcast, was founded off of First Corinthians 13 chapter. The first four verses tells you exactly what love is not. And then the rest of it tells you exactly what it is. And then the very last uh, text of chapter 13 says, out of faith, hope and love, the greatest of these is love. Amen. And so love is the banner that we should always wear as believers in Christ. And wearing love means that there is a certain behavior. There is a certain characteristic of Christ. Remember, we're talking about who we are based off of who God has created us to be, right? So there means there should be a change. Amen. Um, how we walk, how we talk, how we live, even though we are flawed because God still loves us in our flawedness. Amen. So I just want to talk to us today for a little while about, I want you to ask the question. Let me, let me say it this way. Here's the question. You know, I'm a question girl as well, because I like for all of us, including myself, because of course it, it came to me first being challenged. Who are you? Right. So the question today is, have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? The question again is, have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? Now, you may say, why would she ask a question like that? Yes, I experienced Christ. I remember the day that I got saved. I went up to the altar and I was crying. And I remember raising my hand and and saying, it's me, Lord, I need you. And and all of that's wonderful. Right. Some of us have been saved so many years. We 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 forgot. Baby, we were little. We were young when we went up to the altar. And all of that is wonderful. Amen. I was a child. Uh, raised in uh, um, a Methodist church, amen, with my grandparents. I was, went to a Methodist church, you know, and so at some point, I know I had given my life to Christ, but I rededicated my life. I can't remember when I was a child, but at the age of 18, I rededicated my life to Jesus Christ. And I was baptized when I was 18 years old. Now, I grew up always, like I said, in the Methodist church. And then uh, I, you know, had family members that were Baptists. And so I went to the Baptist churches. But my main introduction into Jesus Christ was through vacation Bible school, through going to Sunday school every Sunday, you know, in the Methodist, Methodist church. Right. And so I'm sharing that with you because. As a child, I, I, I believe that I had accepted Christ. I, I can't remember that. I can only remember from the age of 18 when I made a conscious effort as a young adult to um, serve God. Amen. I grew up being an acolyte in the church and all of that. And, and so um, all of that helped to form who I am today. And 
if 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 I can honestly say, had I really experienced, if I answered the question myself, have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? Kenya today can actually say that. Kenya as a little girl, I can't say that. As an 18-year-old young woman who rededicated her life to Christ, I can say. And you notice I say rededicated because I look at it as, you know, that was a point in my life that I consciously knew as an adult. I needed God and I wanted to be part of what Jesus was doing. I loved him and I wanted to be a lover of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the question is, have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? Why is that important? Because I want to talk about behavior today. I want to talk about characteristics, right? Because with everything that is happening in the world, right? We have, we know that we have this epidemic of the coronavirus. We have that which has literally halted around the world, the way that people live. We are, many of us have, you know, many, uh, well, everybody's really quarantined. Um, depending on where you live, the times may vary, but they're asking people to stay in, only go out for necessities, right? Um, you know, and so we're praying for one another. We're praying for all of our um, frontline workers who are the, you know, the doctors and the nurses and the respiratory therapists and whoever is working in the, the, you know, the EMTs, all of those people, the firemen and the police who are putting themselves on the front line. Right. So we're praying for one another. Many of us are as believers in Jesus Christ. We're praying for the, our nation. We're praying for the world. We're in a, in many of us are in a state of prayer. But then when you watch TV, which I'm, this is a disclosure. I think that we have to stay connected, but there are times, sometimes you got to pull away from social media. That means Facebook, that means um, Instagram, whatever, because they're all of so much negative imaging that's coming through. Every day we're hearing about the, the unfortunate deaths, right? And, you know, but we don't really hear about how many people are living or surviving, right? So we're getting so much negativity all day long there's different things and so now people are just literally going into what i consider to be probably ptsd now i'm not you know i have friends uh, uh great friends one of my sisters clinical therapist my pastor i mean you know he's working on his doctorate and so is one of my sisters um you know wonderful i know personally people who are clinical therapists, psychiatrists who can give us real definitions of that stuff. Like, you know, if that's really, but if I just in my natural intelligence, you know, when you hear people buying up all the toilet, people are panicking in other words, right? And so we have a, a nation of people that are panicking all over the world. You see people making jokes about other people's misery, right? You see people making jokes about people hurting. You see people um, being racist. You see people being, um, you know, hateful and, you know, all these other things that people are doing, just mean-spirited, right? And, and the thing that baffles me the most, because the disclosure is this as well, you cannot be, and I would challenge anyone, you cannot truly be a follower of Jesus Christ and be a racist, be a sexist, be a narcissist, be a isthesis, any isthesis, anything to that degree. You are not a believer in Jesus Christ if you operate in those things. 
If that is what you believe, you are not a believer in Jesus Christ. And you may say, well, people are flawed, Reverend. And you know what doesn't mean? Nah, 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 nah. Yes, we are flawed. Absolutely. But again, when we truly experience Jesus Christ, we are no longer the same people. Amen. That's not my word. You know, we become a new creature in Christ when we accept him. That's in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. When we accept Jesus Christ, Galatians 2 and 20 says we have been made alive with Christ. Galatians 2 and 20 also says we have been crucified with Christ when we accept him. There there are three things that I want us to understand. How do we know when we have truly experienced Jesus Christ? How do we know? Well, one of the main things Ephesians 1 and 13 says, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. What are you talking about, woman of God? Well, let's let's we're talking about behavior. Amen. We're talking about how do we know when we have truly experienced Jesus Christ? And what I'm saying is, is that we change. We are no longer the same person. And, and what that means is we may still look the same when I'm not talking about physical things. But some people even change physically because you've heard people say, man, it's something about you. Think about when you first got saved. All of us have a story, right? You know, and think about when you first got saved. When you first got saved, people who knew you back when, they were like, man, it's something different about you. You have a glow on you. Have anybody ever experienced that? That is the glow of Christ. That is the glow that the Holy Spirit gives you. That is the glow that you get when you have experienced Jesus Christ. So Ephesians 1 and 13 says, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Here, Paul was addressing the the Gentile believers here at the church of Ephesus, right? And he was allowing them to understand that they were under the same grace and they had the same privileges of those who were now believers in Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is not the traditional. This is totally different. This is Christ doctrine now. This is not the traditional Judaism. This is Christ's doctrine now. So he's saying to them, even though you are not a, an Orthodox Jew or you're not of Jewish descent, you still, once you accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, that you are now under the same grace and the same privileges. And, and Paul was reminding them that once you make the declaration of sal salvation, and you may be saying, well, what is the declaration of salvation? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, you know, I'm going to use um, Romans 10 and 9. Once the declaration of salvation by Jesus Christ, that is he's the Lord. He is Lord. So once you say, listen, God, you know, some of us, some people, you may heard it say the sinner's prayer, you know, and it can be very much so because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. We all have sinned. That's Romans 3 and 23. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. But once you say, you know what? However you put it in your words, but the basis of it is that I need Jesus. I need God. I, I have lived however I live and I'm ready to experience Jesus the Christ. And then you're saying not only do you want to experience him, you believe that God is the author of all things. In other words, you're believing that God raised Jesus from the dead. In Romans 10 and 9, it says, if you declare with your mouth, 
Jesus is Lord. So that's why I said it's a declaration. And then I said, and believe in your heart. That is the key. I want you to put a paper clip on that highlighted bookmark it. do a visual big bookmark. Heart is the key. And then it says that God, which that is saying that you believe that God is the authority that raised Jesus from the dead. And it says you will be saved. That's what it says. So the deck, that's the declaration that you believe that and you believe it in your heart. Amen. And then the second step is it says you're receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is promised. That's what I'm talking about in Ephesians 1 and 13. And the reason why I'm talking about Holy Spirit is because that is the seal of the promise. Amen. That is what once you become a believer and you receive the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit is the witness of God, the grace, the love and everything about God, Jesus, the Christ inside of you. It lives inside of you and it guides you. Amen. So once you believe in your heart and you receive the promise which is the Holy Spirit. Remember Pentecost. Amen. I don't have enough time to do what would happen on the day of Pentecost for those who um, are not sure, never read about it. What I will tell you, if you have the version Bible app, you can go in and type in Pentecost. You can even do it um, in your Safari or, or, or Google it, and then it'll give you all the scriptures. Or you can look in the back of your Bibles. Most Bibles have a concordance where it has different words that you can look up and then you can begin to study it. Amen. So this is what I'm saying. The second step is receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is promised. And it is the spirit himself who witnesses to the spirit of those who believe. And remember, we're talking about believing and therefore changes them. I want you to catch this because we're talking about have you truly experienced Jesus the Christ? So once you declare that Jesus is Lord, that God believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. You confess to God, you know, I'm a sinner, you know, whatever you want to tell him. But, you know, you repenting from those sins and you're saying, I want a new life. I'm tired of living this old life and you didn't have to be doing all the crazy thing, whatever. I mean, without Christ, we are in sin. We are dead to sin because the reality is, is that this physical body is going to die. And I know people don't talk about hell that much. Everybody talks about heaven, but there's always a pro and a con. Because the reason why we Jesus came to save is so that we would have eternal life with him and not in hell. Amen. So when we die, we either going to heaven or we going to hell. And I am talking about from the perspective of a believer. How do you know if you truly experience Jesus Christ? And it says once you and I say once you receive one, once you accept Christ, amen, and the Holy Spirit comes in you, it changes you from the inside out. Because you have you publicly went into agreement to God into the spirit of God. Amen. And so once you came into that agreement, now the transformation has taken place. Now you have truly experienced Jesus Christ. Now what you speak. So what how do you know if you really experienced him? So I ask you to, the question, have you experienced him? 
Have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? And now I'm going to tell you the identifying ways to know that you've truly received Jesus Christ, that you've experienced him. I'm sorry. How would you know? You're going to know by what you say, meaning what you speak out of your mouth, what you do. What are your actions? And your actions. The last part of that is your actions begins to trickle down into the fruit that you bear. Amen. So what do you mean? Let's look at let's let's look at the word of God. Matthew 12, 35 and 36 says this. And I'm reading from the NIV. It says a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings the evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So remember, we're talking about believers. I can't judge or make those outside of the, the realm of the kingdom of God accountable. Amen. You know, we are supposed to hold one another accountable. So my question to you is, if you are a believer and you are, I'm going to just throw this out here because everybody experiences this at some time or another. And you are an usher in the house of the Lord and you are mean. You're not loving. You're, you're not kind. I would challenge you and ask you, have you really experienced Jesus Christ for all the mean ushers out there? And if you are, uh, uh, you go to church and you believe in Jesus Christ, at least you say that. And you're constantly gossiping about people. You're constantly putting out rumors about people. You're constantly, if you're single, out here having sex with people that's not your husband or wife, that's fornicating. So if you're out here fornicating, I will question you. Amen. Now, am I saying if you're out here, you're married and you're out here sleeping around with other people, that's adultery. Amen. Are you, have you really experienced Christ, right? If you are a leader and you are doing any of these things and you are not studying, Hey, let me get to some of the other things. If you're not praying, every day consistently. If you're not reading your word every day consistently, my question to you is, have you truly experienced Jesus the Christ? Or did you accept Jesus in an emotional state? Because it is very hard once Christ comes into your heart to continue in sinful behavior. Now watch this. Am I saying that you won't sin? Absolutely not. The Bible says a righteous man will fall many times and he will get back up. And I always like to use David because David, I think, was a prime example of falling and getting back up. And the reason why David was one as a good example, because he sinned like we all do and we all will, including myself. I do not excuse myself from this. I am part of this conversation. Amen. But watch this. David, when he messed up. He was told he messed up and David would repent. Repent means to turn away. So after he slept with Bathsheba, he took Bathsheba and had sex with her and she was married to another man. He didn't he didn't commit adultery again. He did not put a hit out on somebody else again. Amen. He didn't do that. He turned away from his sin. Amen. And so we got to remember that when Christ comes into our heart for real and we've truly experienced him, it changes us. 
but our flesh is something. And and Paul talks about this all the time. We got to put that we got to we got to take that flesh and make it be submissive to the things and to the will of God. And that's why he always talks about renewing of our mind. He says that we got to renew our mind. He says in Second uh, Corinthians 10 and 5 that we have to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. We got to put that flesh under submission. Because if we don't, we're walking around like so many believers, especially in this time when they are not displaying true, the true love of Christ. So we know that if you speak a certain way out of your mouth, it just, I just read that in, in um, Matthew 12, 35 and 36, a good man brings about good things. So if you're talking to someone who may be a leader or maybe a brother or sister in Christ, and every time you're talking to them, they're always talking about mess or they're talking about something negative, or it could be someone that, that's famous or a politician and they're talking about they love God and they're Christians, but their actions are far from that. They're far from that. Amen. How can we say now? Here's one. And I just want you to ponder on this. I am always pro-life. I am always pro-life. My children and my great, they all, we all know we talk about, in this household, we speak life and not death. Amen. But here's something that I, I challenge other believers at times when we talk about being pro-life and, and all of that. We also have to remember pro-life means life in all instances. I can't be pro-life in one way and then say what other people in other lives and other nationalities and other people that their life doesn't matter. All lives matter. But watch this. The Bible talks about us speaking up for the injustices of others. So as an African-American, when when my culture or live people are being shot and killed, you know, and all things that are happening, you know, the injustices or whatever race it is, we see things happening all over the world in our own country. No one should be bullied. I don't care what their orientation is. None of that should be happening. We should always give people Christ and the truth, but we shouldn't kill people because they're different or they choose to be different. As believers in Christ, we are supposed to love people and show them Christ how we live every day. We got to be honest with them about sin, but we still love them. Amen. So you cannot say you love Christ and be mean, be evil, because it says you're either good or bad. And now there's some things we got to work on. Absolutely. Nobody's perfect. Right. So the other thing I want us to look at and be reminded is not what you just what you say is what you do. What are your actions? One of my greatest, greatest uh, scriptures uh, that I like to read and reflect on is the parable of the sheep and the goat. Matthew 25 um, verses 31 through 45. And it talks about the final judgment. Um, 
And it talks about when Jesus comes back in his final glory and he's going to gather all of the remember all of the 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 believers. Right. So sheep and goat. Again, we're not talking about the sinners because they're not part of this group. Right. Everyone will get judged. Sheep and goat dwell together. Tear and wheat dwell together. We're talking about two two sets of people. He used animals because remember, culturally, he's using what was uh reverence to making an illustration based on the timing as well amen who he was speaking to who his audience were many of them were were shepherds amen and and so the sheep and the goat was an easy you know sheep are, are mostly domicile animals goats are animals they always doing stuff they they kind of you know buck the, the the system that's what goats do right but they dwell together they can live in a pen together and so when Jesus is talking about the separation of the sheep and goat, we're for modern day translation, I want you to think about it as you go to church. Amen. All of us on here go to church, right? Whether it's a, a church that we go to physically right now, everybody is online. We're virtual, right? So we go to church and we look at all the people when we go to church, they're lifting their hands. They're praising God. Some of us singing and worshiping. And we want to believe that everyone there are believers in Christ. They have been transformed from the inside out. They have the Holy Spirit living in them and they're going to go to heaven. Just like we want to believe that all of our family members and loved ones, we want them to go to heaven. Jesus came first for the Jew and then to the Gentile. I mean, how could you not want your own people to be saved? Amen. That's that's what Jesus wanted as well. Right. But watch this here in this text. Jesus talks about. And I'm going to read it for you. He said, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. We're talking about heaven for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Now that's that's for the basic essential things that we should be doing on a regular basis as believers in Christ. And you've seen it throughout time. You might have, you know, a mother in the church. You, you know, how many... Put it this way. How many have seen single mothers and they come to church? And and some of the women who maybe have been saved for a while, they, they sniggered and oh, she she have how many kids? She's not married. And they're condemning her. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. You look at some young woman that come in church and maybe she has that tight dress on. Now, we know not everybody, but but we can't be. And, 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 and instead of embracing them and love them, we've judged them. We see this 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 young man or woman struggling, you know, in college, trying to make it, you know, need food, need clothing. Right. We, How many of you are doing those things? If you are great for you, but but some of us that we're not doing it. Oh, well, if I got mine, they can get theirs. You know, that attitude. Instead of encouraging that young mother, you make them feel shame. And we wonder why we lose so many young people coming into church now. Because many of those who have been saved a long time, who still living in sin, many of them are still living in sin. How can you say that? Because of the way that they act, the way that they treat other people. 
and they forgot that they fell under the grace of God. And so Jesus says, he says, I was in prison. You came in. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did them for me. How will you know if you truly experience Jesus Christ is by your actions and your actions will be the actions of one. Who do it for the least of them. Amen. That's the second thing. How would you know? Your actions. Now for those of you. Because see watch this. The word of God is also meant. To bring correction. It, it should. At this point. If you have not been doing these things. For real for real. Listen. By the time we finish this podcast. I want you to be able. To ask God for forgiveness. Repent. And get on the mark. See, that's the beauty of Christ. He says that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. And he's faithful and just to forgive us because my heart for each of you who are listening and for all of my brothers and sisters around the world, that when we fall, because he said a righteous man will fall, that when we, we get back up and that we get back up. With the heart of God, we get back up with our hearts filled with the love of Christ so that we can be examples of him living in the earth. When he says it's not going to get any better, you know, we're getting plagues already, already. And I don't want to go too deep in Revelation and all that stuff, but just look at the the state of the world now. And unfortunately, it's not going to get any better. So as believers, we are to. Make the difference. And this is what he said to the goats. So my brothers and sisters on this call. And I did a a podcast a while back about are you a sheep or a goat? So when you get a chance, look through all of the episodes and you can find out. I'm not going to get into that. But for the goats, this is what he said. The goats are those who go to church as well. They're active in church. They're paying tithes. They're doing all the stuff that they that they do. And, you know, all of that. They may or may not be a leader, but they're supposed to be a member of the kingdom of God. This is what he tells the goats. He says, then he will say to those on his left. Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire. That's hell. Okay. Prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. So think about every time you pass that man or that woman. Everybody that's asking for food ain't no drug addict. I want y'all to understand that. Everybody not an alcoholic. And some of them are not holding up signs. Amen. But when you are praying and seeking the face of God, he will lead you where to be a blessing. Watch what he says. He says, I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. How many of us have so much? He always talks about the rich and the poor. Why did Jesus talk about that so much? He saw how the rich was always living lavishly in excess. And then there were people who were poor that had nothing and they wouldn't give anything. Out of a sacrifice for a millionaire. Do you think a thousand dollars is a lot? Absolutely not. Someone would say, well, at least they're giving. Are they giving from their heart? Is it a sacrifice? That's a whole nother subject. But this is why it's important to understand your actions. Listen to what he says. He says, 
I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes. How many family members? Okay, I'm going to just leave it there. How many family members got themselves in situations or because of a situation they didn't get themselves into? Oh, no, you can't come here. See, I can talk about that because my home has always been open to people. Now it's more of young people, young girls, young women, even families of women, you know, young women and their children. Amen. So I'm speaking about stuff. Now, this is the word, but I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you a little insight about my life. I don't talk about it much, but I'm just saying that to you. He says, and I'm, I'm bringing it. He said, I was thirsty. And you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You did not invite me in. I needed clothes. How many of you with all those beautiful clothes we get men and women excess of stuff. And, and our children, we buy all that stuff for our kids and then we won't give it away. We'll let the stuff rot before we give it away. Now, when I say we, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about generally. And I may not be talking about you. I'm just talking about generally. Amen. He said, they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or strange or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment. You know, one of the, the craziest things I always see and I always be like, you know, this it, it bothers me at times. And you'd be like, you see, you may see a family or, you know, of a family or, you know, of a person, you know, whether it's a single father or a single mother raising kids. It's maybe it's a couple, you know, going through a rough time, whether they're a young starting out family or an older couple. You never know when. You know, life happens and you need help. Right. Many times I've, I've heard people go to churches where they tithe and they can't even get help with their light bills, water bills or whatever. Right. Family members and friends. And I know everybody have their bills. I've been in situations where I'm grateful for the family members that helped me. Right. Help pay my light bill, help pay my water bill. Man, I can tell the stories of God grace on my life. And he's continuing this. But one of the things that always behooved me was when. Just this, this, that text right there. And they say, well, Lord, when do we see? Because what you find a lot of times is that people will do for you if they look, if they believe that they can benefit from you. That's why you see some people, you know, I, I never forget at the church I used to, uh, church I attended. There was a lady that came to the church that act, um, lied and said she was in law school. She was get, practicing to take the law exam. This is a true story. And there were so many people from this church that began to, oh, well, listen, one, she asked one lady to, um, she was going out of town. She needed some bus money, right? Some gas money. The woman was so gracious, not only gave her gas money, but gave her enough money for a hotel, right? So you may say, man, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing, man. That was gracious. And under the circumstances, that would have been a great thing, right? Um, there was another family, you know, got her to do supposedly paid her, to, to, to possibly set up some business stuff, right? Um, another person did some housework for her, right? So this woman comes in and saying that she's in law school. So everybody just start doing stuff for her. And when I found out about it, I laughed because when it all hit the fan, now this is after everything happened. I didn't know all of this stuff was going on when it was going on. Well, come to find out she was lying. She was lying. But all of these people. How many people 
in the church that they knew was dealing with maybe unemployment, maybe this single family, maybe this college student that was dealing with real life stuff that they walked past. And that's why I say, have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? Because see, the goats walked past Kenya. Can, can I use myself? They walked past me many times. And God used someone else, someone that was praying Someone that really loved him and placed money in my hand. You understand what I'm saying? See, the goat always looking for that connection. They're looking for the networking. You know, I'm going to scratch your back if you scratch mine. And guess where the goat went? They going to hell. I'm, I'm not, that's not my words. I'm just, you know, I got to put a little humor in it because I don't want it to be so dark, but I want you to get it. Because the question is, have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? So as we get ready to kind of slow it down and bring this thing to a close, we know that Matthew 25, I'm sorry, Matthew 12 and 30. Uh, 12, 35 through 36 talks about out of your mouth. If you're a good person, the good things are going to come out of your mouth. If you're an evil person, evil things are going to come out of your mouth. So you know that you have experienced God, Jesus Christ, truly by what you speak. That's the first thing. The second thing is, how do you know if you truly experience Jesus Christ is by what you do. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. I'm using the parable of the sheep and the goat. It's so many things I can use, but I use this. This is what God gave me. Because when you give or you do something for someone, you don't have to record it. You don't have to announce it. If you if you bless that woman or if you gave somebody some money to help them out and they can't pay you back or whatever the case may be, you don't sit down and talk about that person. You don't expose that thing because if you did it from your heart, then you allow God to deal with it if it was anything that was being done wrong. So we got to take time to really look at why we do the things that we do. And the very last part I want to say is, how do you know? And this is where I get excited that you've truly experienced Christ. So we know what you're speaking is a firm act, firm way to tell, but we know people lie. They cover up lies, so they speak stuff, and then they're not really living it. But that's another that's another another topic. We know that people do all the time. We 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 know that the goats they they people will do stuff just to say, oh, I mean, they're donating all kind of millions of dollars to all kind of stuff, and you're like, you know, well, I didn't see that. I, you know, I think about when I went through Katrina and I had to evacuate and I lost everything from Hurricane Katrina. It was so many wonderful people donating money to the Red Cross. You know, people forget the woman who was mismanaging the money from Red Cross resigned. And there was millions and millions of dollars that went unaccounted for. So families like myself and all of those families that were affected along the Gulf Coast region, we didn't get none of that. Right. We didn't get any of that. What did people do? What did, what did they do? But how do you know? When you've truly experienced Jesus the Christ, I'm going to go back to it. Ephesians 1 said he, he has given us the seal. Once we accept Jesus Christ, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And with that Holy Spirit of promise that lives in us, the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, 
the witness, it changes our spiritual DNA. Oh, beloved of God, it changes what you, how you speak. It changes how you act, but it changes who you are from the inside out. What I love is 1 Corinthians 13. It changes. Uh, the fruits of the spirit comes out of us very lovingly. It talks about love. Love becomes our main language then. See, it's easy when to it's easy to speak um, good things out of your mouth when love is uh, the very core of who you are. The love of Christ. It is easy to do for people um, when they're in need. Uh, very um freely when the love of Christ lives in you. And why do you say that? Why do I say that? You say, why do you say that woman of God? Because love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not prideful. So remember when I talked about you can't be a racist and say you love God. It, it doesn't go together. Yeah, you might love a God, but it's not Jesus Christ. It is not a, uh, the true and living God. There's a requirement. Amen. You you can't be a narcissist. You can't be an evil person. And 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 because it doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonors others. We don't blame each other. We don't hate each other. We try to love each other. We try to be there for one another. It's not self-seeking. In the body of Christ, the head can't live without the neck. I've never seen a neck transplant and I've never seen a head transplant. The body can't live without the head. You can get a heart. You can get other organs, but you can't get another head. Maybe one day they'll try to do that, right? But the body is connected. The head needs the neck. The neck needs the shoulders. The shoulders need the arms. The torso needs the legs. The legs need the torso. Amen. And so on. So it's not self-seeking. It's not easily anger. We got to pick, put, we got to check our emotions. It keeps no record of wrongdoing. So we got to have forgiveness. Amen. It doesn't delight in evil. Even with our enemies, our enemies going to get what they deserve. Right. But you should not want to see things happening to other people. Evil. I don't care what country they're from. We shouldn't laugh at others, people's poverty or hurt or pain because they don't look like us or they don't talk like us or they're different. God, can you imagine that if, if you are a person that believes that, you know, only people that look like you or think like you are going to be in heaven? That's not the heaven of God. God created all mankind in his image. So the race, the color, the creed, the ethnicity, he created us all. To love one another. Listen, I love love. I love because that is the foundation of who we are as believers in Christ. And this is the beauty of it. He said, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. So we got to protect one another. We got to protect our neighbors. We got to, we, you know, we're going to automatically protect our children, our households, but we got to protect our neighbors. We got to protect our brothers and sisters. When there's a, an injustice being done to one particular person, a group of people, it's an injustice to all, every believer. Do you hear me today? It says love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, 
And love always perseveres. So I pray today that you think about this word today. Have you truly experienced Jesus Christ? And you go back and you think about what you say, what you have been doing, and then how that has been literally flowing through your life in the fruitful way. Amen. You know, today was one of those days in the podcast, you know, you know, God gave this to me and the way that I'm giving it to you is the way that he wanted me to give it to you practically. Today is a day to really, really take a self-evaluation. Listen, the goal of Christ is that no man should perish, but every man should have a eternal life. And as a believer, as a leader, my prayer is the same. Listen, we are to try to snatch each other from the fires of hell. Damnation. Amen. I pray that on today that, you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ. That you come to know him as Lord and Savior. I talked about it early. The Bible reminds us in Romans 3 and 23. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. But he said that if you all you have to do is declare with your mouth. In other words, confess to God that you need him. Repent of your sins. You can be very specific. You can go down the road and just say, Father, forgive me of my sins. I, I want to be made new. And, and if you believe in your heart. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the day you're going to be saved. And right now, I know we're all quarantined. You know, I pray that you have access to the Internet or phone where you can catch, you know, one of the services online online. There's so many different ones. Probably locally in your community or globally and, and, and begin to be encouraged by the word of God and read the word. The word will give you strength. I promise you, you know, one of the beautiful things about God. Is that, you know, his desire was never for us to ever feel alone. We are beloved. We are beloved. You are the beloved of God. We are the beloved of God. So I pray today that you were blessed and encouraged by the word of God. So we thank you for tuning in today and we pray that you were blessed by today's podcast. Remember to tune in with us weekly right here on the Podbean app in Apple iTunes. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at Kenya C. Williams Ministries at yahoo.com. Until next time, remember, and now these three remain. These three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And that's 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. And I am Reverend K.C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Peace and blessings. And remember to give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Remember, be safe, love one another and be kind. Until next week, love you guys. Bye bye.